Hey everyone, welcome back to Off the Couch with the Psych Guys. My name is Timothy Meyer, joined as always by Dr. Constantine Wilkin. And today we have a guest, uh, George Peterson, who recently wrote a book um, about childhood anxiety. And Dr. Wilkin was actually fortunate enough to write the foreword for, for the book. Um, so we're happy to have George here today. So, so welcome, George, so we could talk about childhood anxiety and the book. So, Constantine. Sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a privilege writing the forward because I just, I really love the book. I love the fact that you're so passionate about it. Uh, just to kind of Thank put you. some numbers out there, one in eight uh, kids struggle with some sort of anxiety when they're growing up. And to me, it's such a, such a sometimes debilitating and sad thing to see because anxiety is basically fear manifesting in different ways. So that means that child is really their ability to interact with other kids, their ability to do certain things that they like is, is in a way minimized because they aren't able to really push through. So that's why this book is so important because I feel like a lot of the households with kids with anxiety can benefit. Um, right. I know that your passion goes so far as you actually switch careers. I did. To be able to do this. Could you talk a little bit more about that? Because that really speaks volumes about what you want to achieve here. Absolutely. I, I'd, I'd love to. So, you know, first of all, I'm, I'm very grateful and blessed that you wrote the forward for the book. Um, so this, this means the, the world to me. Uh, so, you know, my, I've always been driven by a higher purpose. So, you know, my career has always been within the human, you know, helping people. Mm -hmm. So when I, uh, I was in, I graduated college with a, with a psychology degree, cause I knew early on that, that this was my, my path mm -hmm. and this is my North star. Mm -hmm. So I uh, graduated in psychology and I went right into, into, uh, human resources, uh, talent acquisition. So I was helping people, uh, in, in, in different, in a different way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and it was very, it was very satisfying for me. And, you know, I had a, an amazing career, uh, in, in human resources and recruiting, uh, we called it talent acquisition. I worked in biotech. So it was, it was an amazing experience throughout my career. I felt like I needed to, I, I had a bigger calling. A, in a different calling. Mm -hmm. And I, I learned this earlier on when I was thinking about becoming uh, a coach and helping people um, sort of develop and grow mm -hmm. uh, to be their best selves and thrive. And, um, you know, a couple of years ago, I had uh, actually had a medical issue and um, I had a voice issue. So I had a couple of procedures. So I took some time off of work. And this was, it was a blessing in disguise. Mm -hmm. It was a, a perfect opportunity for me to reevaluate my situation. And I, again, you know, the people that I worked with in biotech, uh, in, in pharma were absolutely some of the top folks in the world and just amazing folks and, you know, just very collaborative. And, <clears throat> and I took this time to, you know, at, at the time, so my son is, my son's Georgie, mm -hmm. um, and he's 10. So at the time he was about seven and, um, he, he has, he has high anxiety as well. I think our household has high anxiety. So I have anxiety, <laughs> I have anxiety. Um, and, um, so I really took, took the opportunity to start to do more research about anxiety and, uh, made Georgie my primary focus because mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure that he was flourishing and thriving. And I think at that time, uh, we were talking to your, to your, uh, center mm -hmm. and we engaged him because I am a big believer that we, that starting, uh, children as early as possible is, is, is makes the most sense, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. um, to set them up for success for the future. For sure. 
Uh, so we, so we did that and, um, you know, we, and I've done a lot of research on it and when, when COVID hit, mm-hmm. um, and you know, like I said, you know, families who have anxiety, it's, it's hard and, oh, yeah. and, and there's no magic bullet and we do our best as parents, you For know, sure. I'm a parent first and, um, I wanted, I wanted to, you know, I did a lot of research in anxiety and how to help my child. Uh, be his best self inside the house and outside the house because sometimes you know uh, kids act differently. Right. Uh, you know yeah. they go to school, they hold it together, then they come home, right. and then sometimes they fall apart, For and sure. then we have to help them through that. So, uh, so the book is about my dog, our dog Maya Grace. Maya was a COVID dog. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. as, as a matter of fact, Maya was a dog where. Um, when we started looking for dogs, we were we recognized that I think everybody was getting a dog at that point. I think so. Yeah. It was <laughs> you too. You too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was like we we were like, eh, well, we want a golden retriever at first, and we want to we want a yellow lab, um, and everything was sold out. Right. But anyway, we were blessed uh, to find Maya. Uh, in Pennsylvania, a couple hours from about four or five hours mm-hmm. west of here. Mm-hmm. Um, when we got Maya, uh, we also I also recognized very early on, literally as soon as I picked her up and adopted her, that she has really high anxiety. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm taking her home, and since then she is she is the most lovable dog. She is she is the kindest soul. Uh, her anxiety kind of gets the best of her sometimes mm-hmm. where if we left the house, she would just tear up the house. And ah, um, so we had this other element with us now. So we have an, our anxious household and then we have our new dog, uh, just lovable dog, Maya, mm-hmm. uh, who's our fur baby, <laughs> who we absolutely adore. But every day it was something. So not only were we you know, trying to get Georgie off to school and and, you know, de- uh, my wife has a, a re- you know, she has a, an ex- executive job. So she's she's always very busy. Mm-hmm as well and i'm you know running around in 100 different places um and then we had maya so i sort of doubled down and i and i said we i want my family to thrive and manage through uh the best that we can so um you know georgie became my my main focus Mm -hmm. and it was funny because my wife deb said that uh because maya had so many episodes we would come home and video and, and post it on facebook Yep. And we we called it originally the Maya Chronicles because uh-huh. every day it was something. It's like, right, right, right. oh Maya, oh Maya. Uh, we would take her to we would continue to take her to the vet. You know, at that time it was weekly for like months because oh. she would either chew something or swallow something. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So it was a it it was a process for for our family. And one day I was sitting on my couch and. Um, I hope I'm answering your question. Yeah, so, yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. Okay. All right. Phenomenal. Cool. Um, so one day I'm, I'm sitting on my couch and I have all of these ideas. And when I was in the corporate world, I always wanted to be, like I said, so I always knew that um, I was going to help people in a big way. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to help. My, my North Star in life was to help millions of, millions of people, mm-hmm. parents, kids. I didn't know how I was going to achieve that. Um, you know, this was started 10 years ago where, where I had this vision. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of coming to fruition, but like I'm driven by, I'm driven by sort of helping people. 
So I was sitting on the couch one day and I had a couple of these, a couple of these ideas and I was reading, uh, George and I were like looking through a couple of children's books. Mm-hmm. And I also have, I also write a lot. Mm-hmm. So I'm a first time author now, but I write <laughs> quite a bit about self-development. Uh-huh. So something just clicked and I was sitting on the couch and I said, you know what? I'm going to write a book. I'm going to write a book, a children's book, a children's picture book. Hmm. And I was like, oh, that's great. Yeah, sure. That's, that's fine. That's fine. Um, but for me, it was, it was a big deal hmm. because this meant so much more than just writing a book. This is my purpose. Mm-hmm. And this helped me learn more. So this process was also, it's also a learning process for me. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Um, just not, in, not just from a publishing perspective, but from also from a learning about anxiety. And so I've done a lot of research and it gave me sort of this impetus to like do the research and mm-hmm. learn, be the, I'm trying to be the best dad I can. Uh, and um, so I started through the process. And the other reason I wrote this book mm-hmm. is to engage my son in the right. process. Right. And I thought that was super cool. One, th- one thing that I'm, I, I'm really glad that you bring up this idea of passion and, and how you moved into this and trying to figure out what anxiety is and, and how, to, how to be able to move through it. I know that you also engaged your son uh, in this creative process. Um, and I think so it's not only as a parent writing it, it's also it sounds like Georgie was also involved and influenced how the book came to fruition. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Because I think it's so interesting because I think there's other books out there and I think it's maybe written by somebody who may know about anxiety or academics like Tim and I, but it's so interesting that you wrote it not only as a parent, but also engaging your son who struggles with anxiety. So to me, it's, it's, it's a perfect combination when these two things can come together. Can you talk a little bit more about it? Absolutely, I'd love to, I'd love to. So that this was a highlight of my, of my publishing process mm-hmm. is engaging Georgie. And that gave me so much energy because he would be my sort of like consultant, unpaid, <laughs> maybe paid in toys yeah. <laughs> <Give him laughs> or treats. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I would engage him in every part of the process as, huh. as much as I could. And I'd say, Georgie, what do you think about this idea? What do you think about this idea? And he'd be like, you know, I don't know. Sometimes he acts like a 16-year-old, right? He's 10. But he's yeah. like, I don't know, Dad. I don't know, Dad. That's cool, I guess. <laughs> For sure. I, I, I think that that's great, though, because, you know, one thing that, that we all know is, like, the best way to, you know, learn something is to teach it. And so not saying that Georgie was teaching you, but kind of in a way, like, him being a part of this collaborative process, I'm sure that that probably helped him so much or is helping mm-hmm. him so much, whether we realize it or not. You know, him putting yeah, in sure. s- sort of info onto here. I think that that sounds fantastic for him and for the book. I totally agree with you. So to, it, there's the one piece of it is to have him engaged and a part of the whole process. And the mm-hmm. other piece is to, is to have him as um, like lead by example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And I, you know, I want to be, I, I want to be an example for him and I want to show him, you know, it's hard work. And Mm. we're going to make mistakes and we're going to fail a lot. And that's okay because we're going to grow through that and we're going to be even stronger. So that's why I wanted to kind of pull him in through that process. So every day I'd, you know, sit down and be like, Georgie, can you come in? He'd be, there'd be uh, on, you know, he'd be watching a TV show or something. (laughs) Come on in, uh, take a look at this, this sketch. Let me know what you think. Like, should it be this way? Or what do you think about these words Mm -hmm, in this mm -hmm. way? And, and it's amazing what 
how clever children are oh, yeah. and how bright they are. I mean, so if we if if adults could have the same sort of like focus when in honesty and transparency and nope, I don't like that. Oh, that's good. That's not good. I mean, just very concise and so so poignant. Mm-hmm. And I love that about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure, that's for great. sure. I just it, it made me think about yeah the whole idea about him being part of the creative process, but also if you in a way zoom out, let's say you zoom out two years, five years, 10 years, right? You could use this as an example of maybe worrying about whether the book is gonna do well or not. What if this goes wrong? What if that so goes true. wrong? And persevering through through this by, by example, by being part of it, you really are embodying what it means to overcome anxiety, which I really think that's such a such an important point. It, it's not necessarily in the moment, but if you begin to zoom out and you look back when, let's say when he turns 18, you say, look, I was also worried about it. I was concerned about it. What if it wouldn't go well? There's so many obstacles, but you and I were able to pull together, keep our worries at bay and push through. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, it's like it's like not only the, the content, but the process. Right. It's like all moving us in, in the direction where we want to go to. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm kind of loving this right now. Yeah, right? awesome, <laughs> you know awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, <laughs> as, a, as a clinician, you get to yeah. see a creative process, and you also uh, tackling anxiety at the same time together. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, and, I mean, I've had I've had a lot of inspiration uh, through through this process, and I and I, I feel like I can just talk for a long time. Sure. Uh, yeah. So there have been a lot of a lot of uh, folks who have inspired me through this process. So, for example. Um, your, your team is absolutely incredible oh, and was, you. was a huge inspiration in, in me writing this book. So once we actually made that connection with a therapy center, um, that's when, that's when everything just sort of clicked hmm. and it gave it. So therapy is not just for the kids. It's for, it's for the parents. Right. In some cases, I think it's more so for the parents than the kids. Sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> not, not, yeah. not exclusive, <laughs> but, but, but sometimes. And um, to be there and learn about like how, you know, how the, the therapist um, interacts and communicates and gets down to their level. Because I'm a big believer of let's meet them where they are. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, don't expect them to come to you. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it's not the right way to think about it. Like meet them where they are. Get down to their level. And that's your, your, the Lucan Center has been so incredibly amazing in helping the the parental ecosystem Mm -hmm. like learn and grow as a family and it's not just about kids yeah Yeah. and i really like what you said about getting down on their level because yes it's it's sort of a a phrase that i think all clinicians say like how do you start doing oh is it we we always (laughs) get meet them where they're at at. but like it's everywhere it's so interesting because like yes cognitively i always understood what that meant but now i have three kids of my own Right about the same. Wow, age. good for you! Congrats. <laughs> about the same age, and it <laughs> and it's really very awesome. You you really get to understand what it means. Get down on their level, meaning like you sit at their level. There's eye contact on their level. There's so the, the the words that you choose that are on the level. So that that idea that I think we as clinicians use all the time really um, is grounded mm-hmm. when you work with kids. Yeah. So I think that's such a also powerful. Uh, like moment in treatment when you're able to connect uh, that deeply with somebody. Yeah, right. hugely important. And it makes me think about PCIT, right? right? Um, What's but, that? I love acronyms. What's yeah. that? Uh, parent-child interaction therapy, right? which is a whole nother 
video or something <laughs> like that. But but really, like that's the essence. We do have a that's demo. We do we have, have a YouTube demo, demo. <laughs> and he's in it. Right? Are you gonna demo it today? And, and my and my oh and my and my kid is in it. And yeah, that's so, right. So I'm that's thinking right. of that video because you're that's literally right. on there on the meeting level. them where they're at. That's right. Um, and you did a good job in that video. Oh, so. <laughs> I do what I can with what I got, and so did Christy. <laughs> You know, I, I was I was flipping through this before, um, and cool. but one thing that I really like about it is, you know, it, it it's it's really digestible and understandable for kids with a really good analogy to uh, understand, normalize, and cope with anxiety. Right. And I think that that's so important because, you know, well, I, I think things are changing a little bit nowadays, thank God, but... Um, you know, previously th there's just so much misinformation about mental health and mm -hmm. all this sort of stuff, and and so so many people and kids experience the, these types of feelings and these things, and it's and it's completely foreign to them. So not only is the feeling itself terrible and awful and scary and all the bad things, but also the fact that they don't understand it or don't know what to do with it. That I, if you ask me, I'd say it's times ten. And so to have like a, a, a book like this that's like really easy to read, digestible and understandable, right. I think it's huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. It just made me think of something. I remember I was uh, co-leading groups for, for anxiety and uh, kind of the same people kind of typically show up. And, and there's one person that showed up and said like, oh my God, I'm so glad to be here. And you know, everybody was curious, like what, 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 what about? And, and, and I remember he was saying that, I've struggled with anxiety for for so for for a long period of time, and I never kind of understood what it was. I, I couldn't do this. I, I wasn't going to do that. I always worried. I couldn't sleep. But then coming here, organizing it, acknowledging that's what it is, yep. gives you the that's grounding, right. right? The footing I from which you can you so organize, much. and therefore there's a path forward. The acknowledgement, right? Right. There's yeah. a path forward, and there's it, it's there's there's hopefulness. Once mm -hmm. you know what it is, right? When you don't know what it is and you feel like it's all over the place, like it, it becomes bigger than you. Once you can organize it, acknowledge it, accept it, it's the first step to actually move forward. And that in itself provides hope and provides an opportunity for treatment, uh, be it you start with a book, be it you see a therapist, whatever the case may be. But to me, it's so powerful because without that, it, it people can struggle with it just kind of going forward, unfortunately. Yeah. And so I'm going to take something that you said before, you know, yeah, uh, Maya, right? Like her, mm -hmm. her behavior, right. right? I'm assuming you didn't say this specifically, but I'm assuming you would come home and things would be ripped up or, you know, like the couch would be destroyed or this would Try be me, destroyed. Tell, tell me what you think I said and I'll let you know. So, you know, if, if, if you look at just that behavior, you know, one might think, oh, this is just a bad dog. Right. Oh, I this is a, so agree with you. Right? But, and, yes. And so, right. and, so, and so if you look at just that behavior, you know, it's like, oh my God, that's terrible behavior. That's a bad dog. But if you boil it down, it boils down to an anxious dog. Right. And so similarly, right, the kid who's like not going to school, are they yeah. a bad kid right. or are they just underneath anxious, right? And I think that that is a big problem of our kind of collective emotional unintelligence mm -hmm. right. that we see these behaviors and we don't understand the underlying emotional mechanisms of them. And mm -hmm. then we end up punishing an emotion. So we need things like this. Right. So that way people can understand it and get it in a really uh, easy to understand way. And it's interesting yeah. you say that because that, that brings me up to another sort of, uh, as, a, as a researcher at heart, brings me to another point that externalizing behaviors, meaning like, mm -hmm. um, like oppositional behavior, typically gets the parents to bring in the kid sooner because there's some sort of a uh, destruction or getting in the way while internalizing issues like anxiety, depression, things like that, usually get less because the kid is not disruptive, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm so happy about this book and just like this initiative because they're struggling. 
Mm-hmm. And if the parents only bringing kids that are destructive, therefore mm-hmm. they're they're not really attending to another group that maybe are struggling silently. And this is an opportunity for parents for kids to really get a sense of what it is, so they can either get help sooner or at least acknowledge and know what it is. So true. So true. So so there's this sort of like a phrase that I live by, and actually I read it the other day as well, and it's um, parents sometimes say like, um, my child is giving me a hard time. Mm-hmm. Like my child mm-hmm. is, is giving me a hard time or I'm having a hard day from, because of my child. Like now your child is having a hard time. Right. Yeah. And there's such a distinction between internal, I have a parent sort of personalizing and internalizing right. it versus getting down to the, the, the kiddos level mm-hmm. yeah. and saying, listen, like, I know you're going through a, a real, it's a hard time. Let's go, let's, let's get through this together. I mean, sometimes like, you know, parents have breaking points and you have to pick their battles as well. <laughs> right, so sure. like, you know, we're, we're only human, but I think, I think that's something that I try to live by every day. So when I feel like he's giving me a really hard time and I'm like, I can't believe he's like saying that or, you yeah. know, cause it happens. Right. Um, I'm like, listen, like I have to remember, like he's having a really hard time right now. So we just have to figure out how to make it better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a that's a powerful message in itself because you're right. There's so many parents that come in, and I'll I'll never forget. I remember I worked at an inpatient psychiatric hospital, and and the parent uh, comes and just points to 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 his son and goes like, "I'm not taking him back until you fix him." And and, you know, it's just that's in itself, right? Like the, the the damage that's done there by just that coming like yeah but right but to your point if if more parents are able to do that to be able to see that the kid is having a hard time and and there is a manifestation that the parent wants to just be able to engage differently i think it could just go such a long way because if you think about it if the if somebody's anxious and there's a behavior that's that's maybe not as effective and the parent starts yelling so the message is, right, you have to swallow your anxiety, don't deal with it, you have to right. put it away somewhere, you know, let, let it come out somewhere else. You'll get else over it. You'll get over it, right. So, so the idea is that, that as, as a pet peeve, I'm sure you might agree, like when somebody just says like, stop doing that, right? Like it's just such a negative message because the, the kid's still gonna be anxious yeah. and now you're telling me it's bad to have anxiety. So now you, you're adding guilt. Oh, that's true. So now yeah. you got sad because things are not going well. You have guilty because you really shouldn't be feeling it. And then you actually have the problem <laughs> that, you, that you needed attention to, right? So you're just adding negative and uncomfortable emotions, which yeah. how it's gonna come across more behavior that's ineffective. Right. And then they get grounded. And then they get grounded, right? And then they go by themselves. What do they do? They stew, right? Like, you know, maybe sometimes they, you know, have thoughts about the parent, but often it's like, I'm bad, I'm guilty, I shouldn't be feeling this, I shouldn't be doing this, right? And if they're confused about why they're doing it in the first place, they're not even touching, you know, the surface. Yeah. Of, of what actually is going on. They're like on these sort of secondary emotions by guilt and sadness. So there's just such a huge, you got compounding the issue. Oh, yeah. When you're doing that. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you're in completely different ballparks of right. like where you actually need to be. Right. Totally. Um, and it's and it's just it's just really just a, a lot of misunderstanding because most folks don't know about this stuff. Right. Um, although we're all humans, we all have feelings, we all have That's emotions. A really great point. Nobody talks about it. Right. And so these things help right. everyone talk about them. more. Right. Right. It's right. it's really important. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And I think and also that you are a parent and you talk about an anxious household. Right. And I think a lot of the parents, you know, could do a better job. 
of acknowledging their own worries and concerns, right? Because what does the kid get, right? If the kid is anxious or whatever the struggle might mm -hmm. be, and, and the parent is trying to come across like this perfect parent with no issues, right? <laughs> there's no relatability then. Yeah. Right, like there's yeah. no then it's the parent telling the kid you shouldn't be anxious. I'll take you here. You'll do that, really. But <laughs> and then there's no accountability. And there's no accountability. Then the yeah. kid sees the parent pretending to be something that they're not. Right. Yeah. There's no relatability. There's no accountability. There's no connection. Right. Can you imagine the power it would have if a parent says, "Hey, listen, I'm also anxious." Yeah. And I also worry about this. And you know, when I do a presentation, I worry about that. You know, when I write, I worry about X, Y, and Z. You know, when I meet new people, it takes me a little bit of time. And you know what I've learned over blah, blah, blah amount of years is to do X, Y, and Z. Let, would you be able to try that, right? Imagine the connection mm -hmm. that the kid goes, oh, I'm okay. My dad has it. My mom has it. Like there's, there's unity around it, which I think is so empowering. Yeah, yeah that, that's, so, that's so incredibly true. And I think it, it is empowering when you have the adults or the parents or the caregivers um, showing that they also have the same right. feelings right. and identifying with, with the child. And I learned, so I did a school reading last week to mm -hmm. an amazing school in Mawa and uh, just a lovely class and, and the, the teachers are just exceptional. And they did this thing, they did this, this uh, sign language gesture, mm. which resonated so profoundly, deeply profoundly within me, because I think, I think not only kiddos, but I think like, I think the community should adopt this and mm -hmm. that that's this, right? So that's, I'm making like a waving motion with both fingers. Um, and that means same, that means mm -hmm. you and I, right? So when I was talking to the kiddos and I said, Hey kiddos, you know, we're gonna talk about like, you know, worry. And I said, I just want to let you know, like I, I was nervous coming here today. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I didn't know what to expect. I was excited, right. yeah, but I was really nervous about it. And the whole class, they, they go like oh. this. So, and I was, I didn't know what that was. That's amazing. Powerful. I didn't know what that was. And I, and, and I look back to the teacher and she's, she's like, oh, so that means that's, that's means they're being respectful because they're not going to like call out, but they're identifying with you and saying me too. Huh. You oh, and I. Wow. That, that, that's a, that's a powerful experience in itself. That is excellent. It was so powerful. Really? Like it, that hit me really, really hard. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, so, so you're in a school, in a classroom with kids talking about your own emotions, talking about this book that you wrote about emotions yeah. and all of the kids are go and you, and you're talking about your own emotions and they go like this, yeah. which is a polite and respectful way to say, I feel the same feeling. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. Mind blown. Yeah. Like seriously. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, 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 it's amazing. It grounds everybody. It gets people on the same page. It gets people engaged. It's, it's relatable. There's connection. There's just so many positives. So, so George, this is, um, this yes. is probably the first of a few. Yeah, it, it is. At least that's the hope. It is. It is. So it's a wag, uh, wags over worries series. So I have a, a company called, um, that I founded called wags over worries. And it is a, a website that's an in, it's an informational website that mm -hmm. provides resources and education and tips. And I'm not a I'm not a credentialed psychiatrist or psychologist. Uh, I am a concerned parent, right? an advocate. And, and I mean, thank you. Yeah. I'm an I'm an advocate. I like that word better. Right. <laughs> well, because it suggests that you that might not be your specialty, but you have personal experience and you're passionate about something that you want to put out there for other parents to know. Because in a way, if you think about it, as clinicians, we could talk about it. But let's say if we ourselves don't identify with a particular thing, that's how it's going to be seen. But if it's written and talked about from a person who experiences it and has a household that struggles with the same thing, there's power there. 
makes me think of like AA or something like that, right? Yeah. Like when you work with people with substances, right? Like you could talk about it, you know the research, you know what helps, but like there's power going somewhere where you can relate. So I think that's the power I so of the agree. book. I so, so agree with you. So, so the, the website itself, uh, it's, and I'm also passionate about ADHD. Mm -hmm. So the website uh, is, uh, talks about um, anxiety, it talks about ADHD, um, and how there's some sort of there's some uh, sort of interrelation mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. with it as well, but that's uh, really passionate for me. And um, so this book is sort of a it's a part of the ecosystem of Wags Over Worry. So it's mm -hmm. a Wags Over Worry series. Mm -hmm. There will be a second book. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I'm on the hook for about six books. Oh, nice. Okay, <laughs> nice. But we'll, so we'll see. I, it's funny because as an author for the first time, I said, well, you know, I, I have this idea and this vision and um, I'm like, I really, and I have these stories and I have this message to get out. So let me make it a series, mm -hmm. not knowing how much work was actually entailed in publishing the first book. Right. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but I am excited about the second book. I just need to, I need to, I want to figure out which story is going to be the second one. Sure. Sure. But again, as, as anxiety can manifest itself in so many different ways, mm -hmm. right? Be it just worries about the future, worries about something specific. I, I'm sure as you move forward through this series with, with you working on it, it sounds like engaging your son as well. I'm sure you'll come up with, with some interesting stories that will relate to so many people out there. And right. I, I think that's the most important part, right? right? Like relatable, digestible, as the story is, stories that kiddos can read that just like hits right to where what I feel really passionate about, right. like the 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 education, the emotional intelligence, it's awesome. Yeah, and I gotta be, I gotta say, and the illustration is also very good. Oh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's very good. It's relatable. It's just uh, for parents, it's engaging. For kids, it's engaging. It's just a, it's just a a great resource. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. And thank you guys for having me. I yeah, really yeah, yeah. It. No, absolutely. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining as always today with uh, George Peterson. He wrote a book, Oh My, as part of a Wags Over Worry series. And we're just very excited to see what you come up with next. Th thanks so much, George, for coming. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Take care.